Welcome everyone to the Keystone Connection podcast, where we are here to discuss only the most important topics in this wide world of sport that we live in. This is Vince from the Steel City. She's Pam from the City of Brotherly Love. And believe it or not, we are still married. It's East meets West. So let's get right to it. Friday, November 9th. We are back for another episode of the Keystone Connection podcast. We are well getting into the fall season, and there is a lot to talk about. Some people call this uh, the biggest time in sports during the calendar year. Uh, we got a lot to get to. As always, you can download the Keystone Connection podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast application you may use, and make sure that you hit subscribe. That is the best way to listen to the show, so the uh, show automatically gets downloaded to the device of your choice, and you can also follow the show at KC Podcast 17 on Twitter. As I said, we got a lot to talk about here. Things are really heating up, and we're going to get right at it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! College basketball starting up. Men's and women's, we're going to tip it off here, talking about the Lady Volunteers, another season under Coach Holly Warlick, uh, an up and down year last year. This one looks to be more of a transition type season. Uh, we're going to get to that, but a lot of new faces and a lot of young players growing up. But what i got to ask you here about the Lady Vols is what do they need to improve on this year? And are there going to be any newcomers to help them do that? The biggest thing this team needs to work on, I think, from last year is not turning the ball over as much. I think that really killed them in a lot of key games. And I think if you don't do that as much, then you'll be a more consistent team. Would well, you agree? Because yeah, that was uh, their biggest – you absolutely. touched upon it. And you had Westbrook, a point guard, uh, as a freshman. And she, Correct. And, she, and you know, she had some inconsistencies there. You could tell she's got the talent. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but inconsistency uh, at the point guard position, and hopefully, uh, you know, another year in the system, calm down a little bit. I think she's going to be able to really bring it. I'm with you right there. I think the biggest player to watch out for that can help is actually a player that played last year, Rihanna Davis. Yeah. I think another year of watching her play and her developing in a full off season. Um, I think she's going to be excellent. She's making some of the preseason watch lists, and I think. She's got the skill, but she's got that hustle, too, that hustle aspect you like to see with Tennessee players. So I think in terms of newcomers, they have a few freshmen coming in, uh, but watching her grow and develop is going to be the biggest addition, I think, to the team. Okay. Uh, she has star written all over. Oh, and absolutely. And you can see, see that. So that I think that's huge. I'm going to throw out something else. Is, uh, so we had Mercedes Russell, Russell last year, uh, you know, six foot six. Six foot long arms, and it seemed just sometimes it's like she wasn't even there, and just just soft. Felt like the team played better when they went small. S a w f t soft, and she's not going to be there now. I'm looking for somebody like Kishkidawa to come in there and really bang down low. You know they don't necessarily need to rely on their interior for scoring, but they need to rely on them for just toughness and rebounding. And I think Rihanna Davis could be a stretch four or three position. Would you play her at the four? 
I guess could. We'll, I guess we're gonna find out what Holly chooses she to do. She has but. that talent and ability to be able to rebound from wherever on the floor. They don't respect you. This ain't 1976. It ain't 1968. It's 2016. They don't respect. They're gonna find out. So, with, with all that being said, uh, what are your expectations for the Lady Vols this year? I believe they're ranked 11th. In the AP polls, what I saw. Yeah, 12th, depending uh, on what polls you yeah. look at, but yep. And, and, you know, some would say the SEC may be down a little bit this year. Maybe not as strong as what they've been. Uh, you don't have South Carolina as a clear number one. Uh, Mississippi State, you know, a very good team, but maybe not as good as they were last year, a team that made it to the championship. Is this a team that's finally going to get back to to winning the SEC, and what, what are they going to do in March? Because that's all what we're focused on. I think they may finish third or fourth in the SEC this really? year. Yeah, I mean, I would be pleasantly surprised if they didn't. Um, you talked about Mississippi State, but they still have Tierra McAllen, who's a dominant force. And I think she's the dominant force that we were all hoping Mercedes Russell yeah, will be. Yeah, absolutely. And she just never took that step. Um, Mississippi State's going to be up there. And South Carolina, even though they lost Asia Wilson, the player of the year, they have some great transfers coming in, including... Former Lady Vol, Taya Cooper, will be yeah. playing. And I think she'll really anchor that team. And then Texas A&M, yeah. you can't go wrong with Kennedy Carter and what that team did last year. And Kennedy Carter's so good. And then you also have Missouri. Yeah, yeah, with Sophie Cunningham. She's I know. No, she's no pushover. I know. So it's. A, I think it, it's, it's still It's going to be. It's, it's still a strong conference, maybe not at the elite contenders. I don't think you'll but, see Mississippi State run the table. Yes. They'll still finish to the top. The, they'll still maybe get a one seed or a bunch of two seeds in the tournament. But you're not going to have Mississippi State run the table again. But I think Tennessee, if they could finish fourth in this conference, I would be very happy with that. Okay. Now, we're, we're very interested to see this team take the court yet. We haven't seen that yet. They had an exhibition but, game against Sisters of the Poor. But is this... You know, do you have a feeling right now, is this a Sweet 16 team? Is this an Elite 8 team? Is this, dare I say, a Final Four team? I've made right a, now. Or what are the expectations? What should they be? The expectations every year should be a championship. We're well, Tennessee. I, I, yeah. My, uh, we've heard it. If you're a listener of this podcast, you heard me rant many times last year about Holly Warlock. I thought that was... That was a year where they had a lot of expectations and just couldn't live up to it because you had seniors like Russell and Nard and you had young players and it just never worked. Um, I think if this team can get to an Elite Eight, that would be a great season for this okay. team. Um, they're young and depth I'm worried about with this team. We're going to switch gears here slightly and talk about the Pitt men's basketball team, uh, they've already had a ball game uh, against Youngstown State. Uh, they're going to be playing up next against against VM, VMI tonight. And, you know, what we saw a little bit in that Youngstown State game, everybody's talking about it. You know, some great freshman talent on display. Uh, McGowns and uh, Xavier Johnson. Guys that were flashy, guys driving the hoop, and I've got to ask you here: What do you make of these freshmen? Uh, do you think these guys are the real deal, or is this just you know 
an example of playing against a really bad team? Or do you, do you have any high hopes for these for these young ball players? Well, I think it depends on what your expectations are. Going well, we're gonna in. we're gonna get okay. to that, but um, I think they're more exciting than the team last year to watch. They're a more watchable team. Like I didn't even want to turn on the games last year. Um, and the year before that even, uh, because of the product on the court. Um, it, I think the real deal, I mean, no, they're not going to be one-and-done guys, but if they could be solid contributors, they, they have the potential to be solid contributors. I like the upside in these guys, and I like the aggressiveness they have. Yeah, that, that's what I really want to touch on is the aggressiveness, and I think that's what we saw. These guys are not afraid to drive through the hoop and, and take a bucket, and, and that is huge. We have not had that in a long, long time. And, and that is just crucial. I, I agree with you. They're not one-and-done guys, but I think these guys could be talented enough to play in the NBA at some point, you know, in, in maybe two or three years. And I think, you know, if you pair these guys with some some big players, who which I think we, we, we both agree that we're lacking right now, mm-hmm. but if you pair these guys with some big players maybe next year or two years down the road, they could be a very big player. Very good ball club. I, re- I really Correct. do. And, and I think these guys, you know, they have the aggressiveness. If they continue to work on their game, I think they're going to be excellent players. So last year, Panthers could not win a game in the ACC. Do you think that they're going to win any this year? <laughs> and, they were and, and picked improve. to finish last, correct? Uh, this year, I, I would think so. I think they were. I would think so. I think they are. I think they're going to win a handful in the ACC, even uh, just because they're aggressive. And last year's team did not, no one wanted to be there. We didn't want to be there watching them as fans. So I think they're going to win a handful of ACC games. I don't think they're going to be 500 in the ACC, but just because the ACC is excellent. But um, I think they're, they'll win a handful, absolutely. It, the one thing I like is that, you know, it seems like Coach Capel is having them play that ACC style. You know, what do you mean by that? You know, there there's a lot of uh, dribble drive and penetration and just relying on uh, excellent athleticism and ball players and letting those guys do their thing. And I, I think that is critical as opposed to in years past in, in you know, Kevin Stallings or Jamie Dixon where it's like, you know, we're just going to grind out the shot clock and then, you know, end up with uh, a bad shot, you know, you know, defensive rebounding like that and, and playing a, a low possession game, that can work sometimes if you've got elite players there, but Pitt hasn't had that. So, you know, you got to adapt here, especially when you're playing these, these teams with these finely tuned athletic machines like Duke. I mean, they look like they're going to just run all over everybody. And I'm not saying Pitt's going to compete with them, but... You know, you got to be able to keep up with that kind of style. And I think Coach Capel knows that. I think he's going to have them do it. I really do. So I think, yeah, I'm with you, they're going to win a handful of games, but you know, probably not a lot this year. And I think yeah, it's but, because of the interior. Right, but right, but it's going to be much more enjoyable. And you can see what they're building towards, and you feel good about it. Oh, yeah. A long drive. This ball is out of here. We're going to switch over to the gridiron now. And talk about the Pitt Panthers, a monster, monster game uh, tomorrow against Virginia Tech at home. Uh, All the chips are getting pushed into the middle of the table here. This is huge. And we've seen Pitt the last two games 
win over Duke and Virginia with basically no passing attack at all and just able to run all over people. Now, maybe Duke, that wasn't, that's not very saying very much, but Virginia was a, a highly ranked run defense. And we, we talked about that at length, how we're going to have to do some different things with a 3 4 scheme. And now you're going up against Virginia Tech, who's got a lot of good athletes. Uh, they're well coached and a team that Pitt has struggled offensively against, at least last year. And you're without possibly Quadri Allison, who looks like he's still gimped from that hamstring injury. Hopefully he yeah. can do what they did versus Virginia and play a little bit to give Hall a break. Hopefully, hopefully. And my, my question to you is, can they keep this up? Just running <laughs> and, and, and barely passing uh, and beat a, a quality defense like Virginia Tech is. I'm not saying Virginia Tech is, is the be-all and end-all defense, but, you know, they, they got some players. It, it's not going to – it's not like Virginia Tech hasn't lost. Any. I mean, they've lost to – you know, they got embarrassed by Georgia, uh, Tech. By Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. Uh, they lost to Old Dominion. But, you know, they, it's not going to be a pushover. Can, can they continue to be this one-dimensional? I think they, they can – if they choose the right spots to take their shots, I'm and they yes. have, yeah. and that's been excellent. We talked about it before the Duke game. We talked about it before the Virginia game. There's few little things that they need to do um, when they run, but to break up the run. If, if on those times they take those shots, and I'm not saying go for the end zone, but like those 20-yard passes, if picking – can just not turn the ball over in those instances. And you and I talk a lot about it off pod is him not taking bad sacks. And yeah. that's the biggest improvement he has. If they can do that, they can, they can win the way they are it, it, right it's now. It's just so tough because it's like every time he drops, drops back, he is just under duress immediately. It, I will it, say, it, I thought the Virginia game wasn't as, well, he didn't drop back too much it, in that that's game. What, it, what I don't understand is why don't they, you know, have a max protect package? You know, you just just have a couple guys go out for a route, two or three, and then leave everybody else in the block because you cannot block. They can't block with just five guys. That that's that's been proven. Leave a tight end in there. Leave leave a couple running backs in there, and just send two guys out in the routes. And that's what I think. Um, Olson is a he's an excellent. excellent Picking up the blitz. Yeah. And, and you know, you think about this. I'm going to pose this to you. You know, you got this Carter, okay, who has has very good speed. Keep everybody in the block and just have this guy run straight. Because you know that Virginia Tech's going to be stacking stack the box against you. They'd be foolish not to. Just have Carter run straight. He could just burn the guy one-on-one -on -one and you could get a deep pass. Yeah. It, it seems like it would work. It, I, I, it does, but... I mean, we were both very pleasantly surprised with the Virginia game and yeah. the calling and everything with it. And I know it's only one day, but that one day of extra rest for all of us and hopefully will help. Hopefully. Just the process. So we've seen this story before. Pitt with a lot to play for at home, lights on, national television against a, a respectable opponent, and they just fall flat on their face. Are they going to be able to buck the trend this year and actually win something and win it at home? So I've been in Pittsburgh five years, four years, five years about. 
round two. And this is probably the biggest game since I've been here for this pit football program. We talked about a few years ago there was a Thursday night game um, where there was still an outside chance, but of course on Thursday night that year they played North Carolina, and we all knew who how that would end. Um, I I I think Virginia Tech's going to come ready to play. I think Pitt's going to lose a close one here. Pitt, yeah. Well, I'll say this. You know, I I think they're going to come ready to play. There's no doubt about that. Tech. Yeah, absolutely. With, I'm a big Justin Fuente fan. Big Justin Fuente yeah, fan. You know, the 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 first uh, two years ago when they matched up against him, you know, he was throwing all those you know fade passes. That was and, on a Thursday night, and right? And Virginia Tech would just push off, and there'd be no pass interference called, and, and they would get a big play, and, you know, pitchers couldn't recover from that. And then last year, you had this really close game, and in Pickett's, you know, first game with lengthy action, and, you know, they, they get stopped in a, in a goal line stand, and they don't win. Well, was yeah. that the game they stopped? Who was that? Justin, Justin Wea got yes. stopped yeah. one yard short? Oh, that was bad. Yeah, so... They yeah. should have won. So that. you know, Virginia Tech didn't score too many points against Pitt last year, and you know, the defense, you know, the defensive line specifically. I've been very impressed with how they played in the second half, especially. You know, they're, re- they're really getting on them in the fourth quarter against Duke. They the the defensive line really mm-hmm. brought it. I think if they play the way they did there, I think this defense is going to be able to hold them down just enough, and this offense. They may not score a lot of points right away, but they're just going to keep pounding on them, and they're going to wear them down, and I think they're going to be able to do enough against the win. It's, to get a win, it's going to be a one-possession game. I don't doubt that, but I think they're going to do it. I, I Believe it or not. It's, I'm already it's, nervous. It's the it's night a, before. I'm not going to be able to sleep all it's night. It's a scary thing to think about that they could win, actually win something at home. Just fly Steelers last night had a, a dominating performance against the Carolina Panthers, just absolutely destroyed them. And there, there's not really a whole lot to rehash there. No, uh, and both, good did played. you hear what both coaches said after the game? No, I did not. They both said, Tomlin said, we're not that good, as good as that game. And Carolina coach said, we're not that bad. Like, And that's true. Both teams, it was just both ends of the spectrum on that one. And it was just a good old-fashioned butt-whooping. And... It was nice to go to bed early on a Thursday night. <laughs> but all everybody seems to want to talk about is Le'Veon Bell. Oh, so we just, so uh, we're going to have to bring it up just a little bit because this looks like it, it's going to be the last week, hopefully. Uh, he's got a report by Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And, it, you know, if he doesn't, he's done for the year. And if he does show up... Uh, I, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. I, I have my own thoughts here. I guess we'll get into it. But... What do you want to see happen? I know what you want to see happen. You <laughs> yeah. can say that. But then, what do you want to see happen if he does show up? At this point, just stay away. The team's rolling. Um, they found they found what they can do. They found a good balance. They, they got things going on here. Um, if he does show up, and I'm going to speak on behalf of both of us, both of us are going to go a little contrary in here. We both still don't think he's going to come despite all these reports. I, I, I don't. I really Correct. don't. Yeah, neither one of us think on Tuesday he's going to come, but I'll be on the Twitter machine monitoring that on Tuesday, uh, especially around that 4 o'clock deadline. Um, if he does show up, 
I think they're going to deactivate him for at least two weeks. Yeah. I, the Jacksonville and then Denver game. I honestly think at this point they will deactivate him for all the weeks. You do? It, yeah. I, I really do because you know you got something really good going on right now. Why would you mess with it? Especially when the players don't seem to want him there. I think that's the that's the key thing. If the players were on his side, his side. Now we don't know that for sure. We're not in the locker room, but that's the vibe you get from from hearing them talk just a little. And bit. I think you and I differ than a lot of people. We both think Le'Veon Bell's good. We don't think he's this extra-worldly talent. No, no. And I actually, the one thing I really like the Steelers have been doing is using Ryan Switzer. Yeah. And I think a lot of that role is what, in the receiving game, what Le'Veon Bell's done in the past. You saw last night Rosie Nix catching bubble screen. Yeah, that was weird. you know, they showed right there that they're they're not too concerned. They're not too concerned. So, I'm... You know, I really don't. I think that they know that they don't need him. Um, so I think they will. They will literally just pay him to sit at home. And I think that that's. I'm. I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. I don't think he's good enough, and he doesn't want to be here. And who knows yeah. what kind of shape he's going to be in? Yeah, I mean, you do. You know, I know everybody's. You know, is done with this guy, but I know deep down, everybody's saying, "Oh my goodness." James Conner is in the concussion protocol. Yeah. Do we need this guy as an insurance policy? I think everybody's asking themselves that right now. Concussion, no joke. With all we know about head injuries today, we don't know when he's going to be back. Hopefully it's not it's not going to be a long layoff. One thing that was encouraging was he was in the blue tent. He yeah. went back into the game. But then he came back out. Then he, he came went back, back to out. the locker room. To finish the protocol, correct, but we don't know. And concussions, we're not going to know for maybe until this time next week. Maybe. Woo! What a hit! Denzel Ward! You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me? Hurt my feelings! So the Steelers right now are rolling. Uh, The defense has been playing great. The offense has been playing great. First place in the division, uh, and nothing can seem to stop him right now. How confident are you in this team going forward for what you've seen? Because we're basically a little over halfway through the season. Is this a team that you think is going to continue on this? How confident are you that they're going to continue on this trend and you know maybe finish the regular season with only you know they, they're they're they've got two losses and one draw. Are they only going to add maybe one? or two at most, to, to those columns and, and finish highly ranked in the AFC. How confident do you feel that that's going to happen? In our preseason show about this season, I was completely wrong because um, I right now was the toughest part of their schedule to me, and this is the part Really? You think rolling. this is the toughest part? I thought the first half was a joke, but they stumbled a few times there. That's why I talked about. Well, the well, they did have to play Kansas City early, which which was well, a tough. Well, no one. Knew, I didn't think that Kansas City would be as good as they are, and I'm. I, I I would love for the Steelers to play Kansas City in the first or second round of the playoffs. I would love that to happen again because, this is what I'm going to say, the Steelers defense is playing so much better right now, the past few weeks even, than they have, and if the defense can keep it up. 
and Joe Hayden can stay on the, the field, then this team can make a serious run and maybe get a first round bye. I, I never lose any confidence. I I feel great about it right think now. They're, what's their record? Six, two, and one? Yeah. They're they're even better than that. Uh, you I know. know. They're, 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 uh, if they played Kansas City right now, uh, I, I think that they would beat them. I think so, too. I, I, That's I, what I, I'm saying. I, really I would love for them I, to – because no. Kansas City's defense is absolute trash. <laughs> they are. And now they're going to have some tough games, you know – you know, we got the Chargers coming up. Uh, they're uh, good, and their defense is playing a lot uh, better. Of course, there's going to be a battle with New England. Uh, they also got to play the Saints, and they're going to have Cincinnati uh, to close, up, row, to close out the season. I think that is, yes. No, uh, you no got, there's, uh, they play Oakland after San Diego, and they're trash. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then you also got uh, you got the Denver Broncos and, and Jaguars sprinkled in there. Um so, you know, I feel pretty confident that this team's going to secure a playoff spot. We'll see what happens uh, once we get to that situation, see what our path is. Uh, but right, right now, our destiny is in our hands. There's no doubt about that. I'm undefeated. Never lost. We're going to talk a little bit now about this college football playoff, these rankings. Not a whole lot of shakeup. Uh, Alabama's still number one. Clemson. And you got Notre Dame number three, Michigan moving up to number four, Georgia and Oklahoma round out the top six, and then LSU is seven. And so what I wanted to ask you, followed by Washington State, I believe. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you make of these rankings? Uh, you know, specifically the LSU. I'm curious to see your thoughts. And in that uh, four, five, six area where you got uh, three three quality teams with only one loss. Um, I wasn't surprised that Michigan moved up because they were ranked above Georgia. And even though Georgia beat Kentucky, Michigan beat Penn State, Georgia wasn't going to jump Michigan. Um, I think everything's fine. Um, I think... I think it's how it should be right now at this point. I'm a little surprised LSU's that high. Yeah, and and what's what I, I think, thought WVU would actually be higher. Yeah, and and or Washington State to be honest. And, and what I think is interesting is that LSU only dropping to seven. I think that says a lot about what they think about Alabama. Because even though Alabama absolutely crushed this team, and it was not even close, they still didn't fall that far with only two I know. losses. And now, they have a good win over Georgia. There's no doubt about that. But how good's Florida? Wasn't that their other well, loss? Florida was their other loss. Not a bad team, but I don't think that they were... Were they ranked? Were they in the, the rankings in the top 25? I think so. I, I think, think they were, but they weren't that high. No. So, because they lost to Missouri. Yeah. Now, now, what that tells me is that if Alabama were to lose, I think there is still a, unless they get absolutely destroyed in a game, I think they're still going to make the playoff. I really do. The one way I could see them not is if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Follow me here. They lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. So you have Clemson, 
Yeah. Notre Dame wins out. Okay. Then you have, so if Michigan wins too, and then Georgia. To be honest, I could still see them putting Alabama in. Over Michigan? I honestly could. Not over Georgia, though, right? If Georgia beats Georgia beats him, I think that's a that's a very hard argument to make. Uh, over Mich- a one yeah, loss Michigan and, you know, Big Ten champ. And if Notre Dame was any other team, I would say that they would probably get in over them, but you are not gonna knock that Notre Dame name out of the top. And four. at the beginning of the year, Notre Dame had a tough schedule. Like Stanford didn't play isn't up to par. USC Stanford is definitely not up to par. Stanford's trash, Florida State's trash. USC. Well, Notre trash. Dame's playing what Florida, Florida State, State this is, week. They, they're going to have a, a battle with Syracuse. Oh yeah, up. that's going to be the game to watch that weekend. I and think it's they, next weekend. Yeah, and they, now they've they, you know they've had to play some decent opponents. But Pitt, not, maybe the ACC Coastal champion. Northwestern. Northwestern played them tough, and they had Brandon Wimbush this week. Yeah, and books this, out. This maybe this is the week. I don't know, but. Um, I think you're right. I think it's set up for Alabama regardless. Especially if Alabama loses to Auburn somehow and still wins the SEC championship, there's no way Alabama gets left out of this. Oh, if they if they if they win the SEC with they're one in. loss, they're definitely in. Yeah. I'm saying if they would lose the title game to Georgia. I I still think that there is an op uh just because they've been so dominant against everybody that they've played. Down the stretch they come. We are running out of time here, so we got to talk about our, our big things to, to keep an eye on uh, this weekend and this upcoming week. Let me know what you got here. Okay, number one, obviously, we're going with Pitt versus Virginia Tech. Yeah, this is the game. The game for the Coastal. Not necessarily, there's a lot of scenarios, but it's huge. We're going that number one. What do you got for number two? Clemson is playing Boston College, yep. uh, and this is a game that is going to essentially decide the Atlantic Division, and uh, Boston College only has one loss in conference right now. So Boston, if, I if, like Boston if, College. If, if they would beat Clemson, they're in the driver's seat, believe it or not. They are in. They would be in the driver's seat to uh, be in the ECT Championship game. It could be Pitt versus Boston College. That's how important this game is. Believe me, I fully expect Clemson is going to just absolutely destroy him. And then uh, let me give you number three here. Looking around the NFL, a game that has some Steeler implications here. Um, I'm going Saints-Bengals. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Bengals are going to be without A.J. Green. Saints are coming off a huge win against the Rams at 7-1. Bengals are 5-3, and three, but um, if the Steelers... If the Saints could win here and give the Steelers some separation, but I think that's going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that, probably absolutely. one of the best of the NFL this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the schedule, a, a, a lackluster schedule for sure. Uh, I'm going to throw something else out there. Uh, you make sure that you're tuning in on Monday night and Tuesday night for Raw and SmackDown this uh-huh. coming week. We're one week away from Survivor Series. Teams are getting selected. A lot of champion versus champion matches. Captains are being picked. Yeah, booked for that show. We're going to have Brock versus AJ Styles, a rematch from last year. We got Ronda versus Becky in a very, very hyped champion versus champion match. 
Uh, that is going to be absolutely huge. That's probably the match I'm most looking forward to on the card right now. We're going to get to it all next week uh, when we break down Survivor Series. Uh, but this is a strange week and that you could be seeing some people that are not usually on each other's show show up. It's, it's going to be a big week. Uh, a go-home show to Survivor Series is always the most interesting as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Keystone Connection Podcast, another great episode. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. It is so critical. It is the best way to listen to the show to make sure that you don't miss it and it automatically gets downloaded to your device. 100% free of charge. It costs you nothing. It's an excellent show. Keystone Connection, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready.